Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Now can we keep that going for Jesus? Can we give God praise? Come on, all over this building. You should always clap louder for your God than anything you... I didn't say give it up for David Robinson or Tim Duncan. I said give it up for Jesus in this place. Do you serve an awesome God? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you guys for allowing me to be here with you guys. I'm so happy to be here again at Grace Avenue. This is my second favorite church in the whole city. My second favorite church with my second favorite pastor. (laughs) And I'm just so excited to be here with you guys. Do me a favor, turn your Bibles to Exodus 4. And as you're turning, I I, I really do want to be serious for just one second. Man, I, I, I love you. I love you. You are a friend and a confidant, and uh, I really want you to know that. We joke a lot, and I, I joke with you a lot, but man, I, I love you with my whole heart, and if you ever need anything, I'm there for you, okay? All right. Uh, look, everybody got real serious for a second. <laughs> uh, I believe in giving people their flowers, amen? Amen. I don't wait till funerals to give people their flowers. You give them their flowers now. Okay, Um, so um, I also want to ask you guys to pray for me as I bring this word uh, on today. I need your prayers. I need your prayers to help me sort of guide and navigate through this word. But I also want you to pray for my wife who is delivering the word today over at God Chasers. Amen. And so they're going to get the fire over there. The fire. She's going to be. No, she doesn't. No, she's really soft-spoken. She's a really sweet person or whatever. But help, help me pray for her as, uh, as she does what she does. So I feel like I got to preach two messages, you know what I mean? So she's preaching a message, and I'm preaching a message, but I'm praying for her. Um, and I also, again, just want to say thank you guys for allowing me to be here. I love Grace Avenue. This is a special place. You guys have a very special church, amen, and, and, and it, a church that's worthy of service. Amen. And it's a church that's worthy of connection. Uh, so I'm, I'm proud to be here. Amen. Amen. Uh, so now that we've dispensed with the pleasantries, I'll go ahead and get started. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4. I'm going to do a little bit of reading here because I, I want to make some points and I'm going to do what they call an expositional commentary. So we're just going to go down uh, some of this text and I, we're going to see what God has to say about it. Does that make sense? All right, so I'm going to start reading that Exodus chapter 4, and you guys just read along with me, okay? Here we go. Then Moses said, what if they do not believe me or listen to what I have to say? For they may say, the Lord ain't told you nothing. It's not what it says on the screen. This is the Dante R. Banks version of the Bible right here. Uh, (laughs) DRB. All right. The Lord said to him, what is in your hands? Look at somebody and say, what's in your hand? Oh, come on now. Okay, let me help you. I'm, I, I come from a participatory church. Okay, we got a participatory church. That means that as the preacher preaches, you preach back. And we have a conversation. Amen? So if I ask you to do something, I need your full participation. Amen? All right, so this time, look at the person you skipped because you... For whatever reason, (laughs) 
and ask him, say, what's in your hand? Good. The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and take it by the tail. Look at somebody behind you say, take it by the tail. We're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. <laughs> We're going to work on that. Take it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and he caught it. He took it by the tail and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe <clears throat> thank you, Jesus, that they may believe that the Lord, let me, let me get my, I need my glasses. I don't know where they are. I left them back there. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Abraham still doesn't believe though. So the Lord furthermore said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's try this. Okay. Then he said, <laughs> now, now I really can't see. Okay. <laughs> then he said, Put your hand into your bosom again. Look at somebody else. Say, look again. So he put his hand into his bosom again. And when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you or heed the word of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. But if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you have said, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out onto the ground. And the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. Then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord. I don't talk good. That's not what it said? Okay. <laughs> I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, who made your mouth? Lord have mercy. Look at somebody else and say, who made your mouth? No, you got to shout it like I shouted it. Look at the, now you... You disqualified that person, though, so now you got to find somebody else. Look at him and shout and say, who made your mouth? Beautiful. Or who makes one mute? Or who makes one deaf? Or seeing or blind? Is it not I, says the Lord? Now then, go and I, even I, will be with your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be with my mouth. Thank you, Lord. And I'll teach you what to say. But he still said, Lord, please, send somebody else. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, help me break out this word in such a way, God, that people can see you in it, Lord Jesus. Lord, that they don't see me on this stage, but they see you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask, God, that you saturate this place, God. Saturate this place right now with your spirit and your presence, God. Lord, if, if you're not going to be here, I quit. I'll walk off the stage. I'll turn off the microphone. If you're not going to be here, God, I'll give up. God, if you're not going to be here, we all might as well march out of this place, Lord Jesus. Lord, so be here with us. Connect with us. God, we love you. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I need you to high-five three people and say, I'm stuck, but I can't stay.
Beautiful. Beautiful. And you may have your seat. Some people already know that, right? You, when, when, the, when the preacher says, high five somebody, that's my cue to sit down. I'm like, one, two, three, in my seat. Done. Obedient. Amen. Stuck but can't stay. Again, I'm glad to be here with you guys on today. I'm excited to be at Grace Avenue. And I think I, think I want to start with this disclaimer. This word is not for everybody. This word that I want to teach today is not going to be for everybody. This word is going to be a f- for a specific person in a specific season. And what I, what I want to do is allow you guys to be clued in on, that, on this conversation that I want to have with that specific person. So if you are the specific person, just look straight ahead and nobody will know it's you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I want to talk about this season. I want to talk about this season in the life of Moses uh, because I want to correlate that season with what's going on in your life. So in Moses' season, in the season that he's in right now, he is living in a place called Midian. He's been living there for about 40 years, and he is stuck in Midian. Uh, something happened when he was he, he, he grew up in castles, he grew up in palaces, he lived around priestly people, he lived around kings, but something happened. Something catalytic happened in his life and it sent him to the wilderness. What happens when something catalytic happens in your life? Something so, so dramatic that you never thought would happen. For him, for him it, 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 it was his fault too. He murdered somebody. <laughs> All the murderers, raise your hand. No, don't do it. (laughs) He murdered somebody, and it was so catalytic that he found himself running away from everything he knew, from everything he loved, from everything that was important to him, and he finds himself out in the wilderness. Now, it's not strange to find yourself in the wilderness. Some of us will have wilderness experiences all through our lives, but the problem with Moses is not that he's found himself in the wilderness, but it's that he's stuck in the wilderness. Stuck in the wilderness. And he's, he, 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 he lives out in a place called Midian. This is a very poor place with very poor people. And he becomes like a Midianite. So much so that he dresses like a Midianite. And he walks like a Midianite. And he talks like a Midianite. He acts like a Midianite. He worships like a Midianite. He doesn't even remember the God of his youth. So much so that when, God, when he comes upon God, he has to say, who are you? And this is where we get the term I am, right? God says I am. Tell them I am sent you. But, but Moses doesn't even recognize. Have you ever gotten so low in your life you don't even recognize God? Have you ever gotten to such a place in your life, gotten so stuck that you don't even see it? people are coming to you and they, they want to talk to you and you, don't, you, you, you run from those people or you try to disconnect because you, you, you don't even recognize God. And so Moses is, he, he, he is shepherding, he is shepherding. We live in this time where all the preachers are rock stars, right? Like everybody, you know, you've got skinny jeans and two earrings and you just, you know, you're cute. You get your part in your hair and you flip it like this. <laughs> Over your face a little bit, like just to cover this eye, just a little bit. <laughs> but shepherding wasn't a beautiful thing. It was a very tough and dirty and lowly job. It wasn't something that you aspired to be. It was a very tough. Shepherding sheep is a very tough, 
lowly job. That's why you should always, every time you see your pastor, just reach your hand, just extend your hand and just pray for him. Because shepherding sheep is very tough. It's very lowly. You should all, every time you see your pastor, you should, don't pity him. Yeah, pity him. <laughs> Jesus, man. He's got to put up with all. Jesus. Help him, God. It's a very, it's a very lowly job. And, and like I said, now we get a lot of people who want to be pastors, but the truth is you, you don't want to, you, 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 mm-hmm. you better, the Bible says make your calling sure because it's a very difficult job. It's a very tough job. And Moses is out here in this stuck place doing a very difficult job and he sees a bush burning. <laughs> he walks up on a bush burning and the bush is burning. And it is not strange for a bush to be burning in the desert. In a place like this, during this time, it would have been very, very hot. It is possible that a bush would literally catch fire. It is not strange that the bush was burning. We preach this in a lot of churches, this sort of theological education. Oh, my God, the bush was burning. It was a burning bush. That is not the strange part. The strange part is that the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. The Bible says that the bush was burning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The bush was burning, but it was not consumed. Let me help you right here. Some of y'all have been through the fire. Mm. You have had fire situations in your life. You have had situations that you thought you never would have had to go through. You have thought the, the worst things have happened to you in your life. But, but the truth is, that's not strange. The person on your left and right, they both have fire in their life. The strange thing is you were not consumed. Thank you, Jesus. The miracle is that I was not consumed. I went through what I went through with my children. I went through what I went through with my divorce. I went through what I went through with my finances, but I was not consumed. Somebody needs to just lift their hands and say, thank you, Jesus, right now. I was not consumed. The same thing that you went through would have killed somebody else. You were not consumed. The miracle is not that the bush was burning, but it didn't burn up. Some people have burnt up, but you burnt on. Some people have burnt out, but you burnt on. You kept burning. And what it is is that the the fire, thank you, Jesus, the fire that you saw, the fire that's in you, is somebody else is going to recognize that fire. Somebody else is going to see that fire that's burning in you, and they'll see God just like you saw God in the fire. They'll see God in you. Does that make sense? Come on and give God praise for the fire. Amen. So Moses is in this perplexing season of his life. Forty years, he's out here in the wilderness. He walks up on this bush. I'm always perplexed in this season, in this, uh, this conversation about this season. Because the truth is this, um, Moses has gotten so good at being mediocre. He's gotten so used to operating outside his purpose that he literally thinks he is what he does. You are not defined by what you do. You are defined by the God who created you. I'm trying to help somebody right now because you've committed sins or you've done whatever and you think you are defined by that thing. And what I'm here to tell you is that is a lie from the pits of hell. You are a child of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to start looking in the mirror and saying, 
Thank you, Jesus, God. What you created is beautiful. Somebody told you that you weren't pretty enough or that you weren't skinny enough. And what I'm here to tell you right now is that God created you beautiful. You're not defined by what you do. You're defined by who God created you to be. But you can get so good at operating outside your purpose. You can become so good at out, operating outside your purpose that you substitute faithfulness for functionality. You substituted faithfulness for functionality. What well, used to be faithfulness in your life is just functional now. It's not really, you're, 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 not, you're not even recognizing God in your life. So you just, you just do this stuff like you know when to come to church. You know when and you, I go to the late service. <laughs> you know when to stand up. You know when to sit down. You don't even have to be wait. You don't have to wait to be told. You just stand up at the right time, sit down. You know when to say amen. You know when to smile. You're functional, like an alcoholic. You're a functional drunk, but you're, you're, you're not drunk. It's your functional Christianity. You've learned how to behave so other people think you're a Christian. But the truth is, when you go home, you're a Midianite. When you go home, you're in the wilderness. When you go home, you're stuck. And this is where God shows up to Moses. He shows up with fire in the middle of the desert. Sometimes God will light a fire in the middle of your desert. So I, you got to thank God for the fire in the middle of your... Some of you, some of you here, 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 side note, some of the things that's going on with your kids is not for them, it's for you. It's the fire in your desert. Some of the stuff that's going on at your job, all the restructuring and the weird stuff, it's not for them. It's for you. It's the fire in your, God's trying to light a fire in your desert to wake you up. Whenever you see the fire, thank you, Jesus. Whenever you see the fire, it's a signal that God's about to switch something in your life. Whenever you see the fire, it's a signal. And so you got to start saying, thank you, God, for the fire. Every time I see the fire, I'm like, oh, oh, God's about to bless me. There's about to be something good. And I know, you know why? Because the devil hate me. He, he can't stand me. So whenever I see the devil lighting the fire over here, I'm like, uh-oh, it's about to happen. God's about to do it in my life. You got to start seeing it as a signal that God's about to do something in your life. Does that make sense? So Moses is out in, out in the desert. He sees this fire. And God comes to Moses and he says, look, you're not a Midianite. You're not a Midianite. You're a child of the Most High God. You're the, God, you're the child of the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You're, the, you're a child of the God who does the miraculous. Let, let me ask you something. When did you stop believing in miracles? When did you stop believing that what he did in somebody else's life, he can't do in your life? When did you stop believing that? When did you, you, you get so functional in the desert that you, don't, you no longer believe in the God? who created the rivers and the springs and the mountains. You can get so lost in the desert that you forget this. If you forget this place, then you'll forget something else. You'll forget that even though you don't have a castle or a crown, you're still a king. Moses is in the wilderness. No castles, no crowns, no golden toilets. Wink. Uh, <laughs> but he's still a king. He's still a king, and God still has something for him. 
That's the beautiful thing. You can, be, you can live to be 80, 90, 100, and God will still call you and say, I got something for you. He'll still call you to himself and say, I got something for you to do. I got a mission for you. And what you thought was over, thank you, Jesus. What you thought for, was done, I'm not done with you. I'm not done blessing you. God is not, here's the revelation. God is not done blessing you. I don't care how long you've been stuck. You're stuck, but you can't stay there. God's not done blessing you. Amen? Amen. Listen, so I want to I wanna walk through this just a little bit in the way that God walked Moses through. So Moses says, what do I do if the people don't believe your God? What do I do if I do all this stuff? And God comes to Moses in chapter 3, but by this time, he, 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 Moses is done arguing with the bush. And by this time, he's sort of saying, okay, it's not me, it's the people. What do I do if the people don't believe? And, 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 and God says, okay, what do you have in your hand? Listen, you need to take inventory of what you have in your hands. Whatever you feel like you lost, it doesn't matter. If you lost it, here's the revelation. If you lost it, you didn't need it. If you lost it, if they walked away from you, you didn't need them. Maybe I'll just help myself. If you lost, if, you, if they walked away from you, you didn't need them. Whatever you have, that's all you need to fulfill the purpose that God has for you in this season. What, take inventory of what you have. Listen, if you stay focusing on who left, you'll forget to focus on who's left. If you keep your eyes on what left, you, you'll stop focusing on what's left. Does that make sense? So you got to start taking inventory and stock on what's left. What can I still do right now? He says, what's in your hand? Moses said, a staff. I love this because a staff is really an instrument used for shepherding. But when you become old, it'll become a cane. You'll lose purpose. It's all right. And you'll start leaning on what you were supposed to be using to do purpose. You'll start leaning on, break them, that's okay. You break them, you bought them. <laughs> you'll start, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, you'll start leaning on, uh, you'll start leaning on something that God was saying, no, you're supposed to be wielding. You're supposed to be using. You're, you're, you're just leaning on it, but you're not wielding it. You're not using it. And God says, this is the season where that, where that cane turns back into a staff. So he takes that cane and he says, now throw it on the ground because it will not bless you until you use it. I don't care what blessing God puts in your hand. It will not be a blessing to you until you use it. Does that make sense? Whatever, he, whatever gifting he puts in your hand, it will not be a blessing to you until you use it. So he throws it down on the ground, and it turns into a snake, and he takes off running. Side note, if, to the business owners or the people who, you know, own businesses or whatever, sometimes your staff will feel like a snake. So it doesn't even have to be business owners. Sometimes, because if you're uh, uh, the head of your household, you, you own that business. Sometimes your kids will feel like. Sometimes your family will feel like. And what Moses starts to do is he starts to run from it. I think we live in a generation of fathers who are like Moses. And as soon as there's a problem or issue, they run. As soon as there's a situation, they run. 
And God, he must not have got far because God says, stop running. Here, here, here it is. Stop running. Whoever, whoever it is that needed to hear that, stop running. God said, take it by the tail. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is that you think is out of control, whatever that thing is that you think can't be solved, and the best thing for you to do is run away from it, God says, stop running and take it by the tail. Some of y'all ain't looked at your finances in a year. It's never going to be what you need it to be until you stop, do a budget, take it. Oh, maybe I got too real too fast. <laughs> people, people was like, oh, he talking about me. You just charge that card. I tell my wife, she a ninja. Her card is like a Chinese star. She just cut up everything all around. Jesus. How you spend $80 at Panera Bread? I just bought everybody some. Who are you, P. Diddy? You can't buy everybody them. You get free mochas all around. Everybody get a mocha. Come on. Jesus. Okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> so, but it will not be a blessing to you until you take it by the tail. There are some things at your job, in, in your finances, in your family, even your children. If you don't learn how to take it by the tail, if you don't learn how to grab hold to it, you will never see the full blessing of what it can be. You will, you will always, thank you, Jesus. If you run from it now, you'll always run from it. If you run from it in private, you'll run from it in public. If you don't deal with it in private, some of y'all haven't dealt with private sins and they're starting to show up in your public life. You haven't dealt with private snakes and they're starting to show up in your public life. Does that make sense? So, thank you, Jesus. So, so God says, take it by the tail. If anybody ever, ever dealt with snakes before, you don't grab them unless you want to get bit. If you grab it by the tail, you're going to get bit. So I text God. I was like, yo, Y-O-H-M-U. <laughs> if you if you over 21, that joke passed you complete. <laughs> and so he hit me back. He was like, yo, a lot of O's. Oh. And I said, I said, why would he take it by the tail? He said, because no man by any means shall harm you. He says, this is, a, this is a New Testament scripture. He said, you shall, he said, you shall deal with snakes. Thank you, Lord. But they, their venom will not be poisonous to you. And what he said was, I was trying to give uh, Moses New Testament revelation in the Old Testament season. I was trying to let him know that even, the, even though the snakes might bite you, they can't hurt you. You got to know. Listen, if you're going to be in any sort of leadership, if you're just going to deal with people any, at all, you're going to have to touch some snakes. You're going to have to deal with some snakes. But God said, you can. You have the power. Take them by the tail. Does that make sense? The next thing he says is this. He says, he says, he says, take your hand and put it in your bosom and, and pull it out. When he pulled it out, it was leprous. Leprous, uh, it, that means it would have had leprosy on it. If you have leprosy anywhere on your body, you're going to die. Leprosy would eat at your body. It would eat at everything. It would eat at some of y'all have problems and situations. You, you, you tried to hide them. They've been hiding in your cloak. God says when you pull them out, it's leprous. 
and you don't realize, but it's a death sentence for you. It's killing you. You don't realize it, but it's killing you. He said, pull out your hand. It's leprous as snow. God says, put it back. He put it back. He looked at it again. It was restored. Listen, God is saying in this season, I'm about to restore some things that you thought were dead. That you thought were over. Some things that you pronounced dead, that people pronounced dead over you. He said, I'm about to restore those things. There are some broken things in your life. There are some dead things in your life. But God said, here it is. I'm about to restore it. I'm about to make it like new. Some of y'all have, thank you, Jesus. Somebody has told you that you're not good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or that you're not able. And God is saying, no, no, no. I'm about to restore that dead thing. Some of you thought that your children weren't going to go to the next level or do what you called them to do or or be who you expected them to be and God says no 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 do not pronounce them dead you need to get a second opinion thank you Jesus you need to get a second opinion so my second point is this look again situations circumstances that you thought were over they're not over they're not over God is not in time he's outside of time you 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 pronounced it dead but God said no it's yet alive look again Jobs that you thought you couldn't have, apply again for them. There's got to be a season in your life where you recognize the switch. Remember, the fire is the indication that there's a switch in your life. But when you know that there's a switch, listen, if you're talking to a burning bush, everything's possible. (laughs) If you're having a conversation with a burning bush, everything's possible. Go back, do it again. Take another look. Get a second diagnosis. Some of you have gotten actual medical diagnosis. I'm here prophetically to tell you, go get another one. Go get another one. God is about to start healing things that were actually broken, that were actually dead, but it's going to be restored. It's going to be restored. Can you believe that? Can you give God praise for that right now if you believe that? Man. Listen, outlook without insight is always frightening. Outlook without insight is always frightening. You might think something is bad, but you don't have insight. Insight on what? On who's inside of you. (laughs) On insight on what's, remember the Bible says, according to the power that worketh in you. But you got to believe it. You got to have the insight that says, even though it's broken, even though it's dead, In me, it can be raised to life. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Number three. This is the last one, and I'm done. The musicians can come. Everybody can. We can get ready to go. I know somebody's stomach started growling. They're like, yeah. (laughs) So, So the last thing he said, if they still don't believe, this is what you do. Go down to the Nile River. He says, get a cup and fill it up with water. Get a cup and fill it up with praise. Get a cup and fill it up with prayer. Get a cup and fill it up with with attendance at church and serving and connecting with people. Get a a cup and fill it up. He said, just go down to a, do a natural, normal thing. The Bible says it like this. First comes the natural, then comes the spirit. Sometimes in order to see a supernatural thing happen in your life, you got to start by doing a natural thing. So he sends him down to the brook, and he takes the cup, and he, he gets water. He fills it up with a natural thing, natural like serving at church, natural like finishing your degree, natural like getting more education or more information about what God has called you to do, a natural thing. He fills up on the natural, 
And then this next thing happens. He says, now pour it out. Take the natural thing that you filled up on and pour it out. And the Bible says that when he poured it out, it was no longer water but blood. When he poured it out, something, something activated when he went to pour out the natural thing that he had filled up on. What is the natural thing that you filled up on that when you pour out, God will make it supernatural? Maybe it's kindness. Maybe the hug that you've been waiting for, you need to pour out. Maybe the love, the patience that you've been waiting for people to be patient with you, if you pour out some patience. You want to see the supernatural, but you got to fill up on the natural. First comes the natural, then comes the spirit. So he says, take that, take that natural thing. Fill it up as much as you can. He says, and then pour it out, and it'll be blood. This reminded me of one more story in the Bible. Jesus is, uh, has come of age, and he's about to start his ministry. And uh, his mom comes to him because she's planning a wedding or she's orchestrating a wedding. And they have run out of wine at the wedding. Now, Jesus' mom comes to Jesus. He hasn't performed any miracles yet. So she knows something about him that other people don't. You got to know something about your God that other people don't. You got to have some clue about your Jesus. She says, I need more wine. I'm I'm, I'm in trouble. I messed up. I miscalculated. I did something wrong. I made a mistake. And I need more wine. And Jesus said, woman, this don't have anything to do with me. Go to Sam's Club. (laughs) And I love this part because I, 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 I... People debate whether Jesus was black. I don't know if Jesus was black. I don't care. But Jesus' mom was definitely black. I'm sure about that. Because when Jesus says, woman, this doesn't have anything to do with me, she turns away from him, goes over to her servants and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Mama, this don't have to do... Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I think my mama was Jesus' mama. So, so the servants go over to Jesus and, and understand something. Even when Jesus is not concerned about your situation, your obedience qualifies you for the first miracle. Even when he's not in, in, right in the midst of your stuff, your obedience qualifies you for a miracle. All you have to do is do what he says. So she told six servants to go get six water pots and fill them up to the brim with water. Jesus, let me finish this. She told six servants to get six water pots and fill them up with water. Now, we talk about those water pots like they were this, (laughs) but they weren't. They were huge, giant water pots, giant pots that it would take one person could only carry one pot. He, 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 He would wrap his arms around it, and they would fill it up to the brim with water. This is what the word is for you. The Bible calls the water, the word, water. Fill up on the water. Fill up on the water. Get as much as you can in it. It might not seem anointed. It might not seem like blood. It might not seem special. Fill up on it. Whenever you see six in the Bible, it represents man. It means you. Whenever you see the number six, you should, oh, that's me. 
This has to do with me. So you get, a, you get six water pots, man, fill them up with as much water as possible. What's water? The word, information, knowledge. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Now, bring it to Jesus. Six men go get six pots. They fill them up with water. They bring the water to Jesus. Jesus blesses the water. He says, now take the water to the maitre d'. Six men, six pots, water. Water in the pots. Water comes to Jesus. Jesus blesses the water. They take the water to the maitre d'. It's still water. Even after Jesus spoke over it. Even after Jesus blessed it. It still looks like water to you. God has blessed your life. He's spoken over your life. He's told you how wonderful you are. But you look down and all you see is dirty now water. And God says, take it to the maitre d'. And pour it out. Pour it out. See, you activate the water when you pour it out. Some of you, 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 you've gotten everything. You've gotten all the knowledge, all the information. You, you've done everything right. You've gone to church. You've done what you think is the right thing to do. But God says, now, now you got to pour it out. Now you got to pour it out. And as you begin to pour it out, that's when you see the miraculous. When you pour it out. The Bible says as they poured it out, the water began to turn into wine. This, this perplexed me, Pastor Daniel, because I thought Jesus turned the water into wine. But Jesus, through you, turned the water into wine. It is your, it's the act of you pouring it. He already blessed your life. Now you have to pour. And when you pour, that is when you see the miracle. What used to be natural is now spiritual. What used to be natural is now, what used to just be information is now anointing. What used to be water for Moses is now blood. I said, okay, God, I get it. He said, see, Dante, Moses is the miracle. He said, it's not the staff, it's not the hand, it's not the water. It's you. If you believe, you want to become unstuck, it starts with your belief. If you believe, I'll take a natural thing and do a supernatural thing with it. But it starts with your belief. What do you believe? If you, all things are possible to them that believe. But you got you to gotta believe enough to say, okay, I'll take this natural thing and I'll pour it out. What in your life is God waiting for you to pour? What's the natural thing that you're holding on to? And you've, you, 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 you're so stingy with it because you've been hurt before. You're so stingy with it because you've been, you, you, you poured out before and they took you for granted. Or they took advantage of you. God's saying you're missing your opportunity to do the miraculous. There is a miracle when you learn how to pour. You want to get unstuck? Pour. Pour. Pour your whole self into a thing. Pour your whole life into a thing. Pour your whole life. You want to get your children unstuck? Pour. Pour. Spend more time with them. Stop. Just take a second and pour into their life. Take, it by, take them by the tail. For some of y'all, that's more literal. Than... But you got to pour. You got to stop. Take a second. Stop everything. And recognize that God's going to do a miraculous thing 
with your natural thing. If you believe that God can do that, do me a favor and just extend your hand in the air right now. Say, I believe that God is going to do the miraculous with my natural. That God's going to do the amazing with my simple. I believe that I'm the miracle. Let's give God praise all over this place. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.